0: declared that this is going to be a summer of psalms amen is there anybody in the house with me on that this is going to be a summer of celebration this is going to be a summer of breakthrough and victory this is going to be a summer of miracles and power this is going to be a summer like no other summer we've been through hell and we made it now we're on the other side. Why don't we act like God is real and that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. A summer of psalms. Now that doesn't mean that every Sunday or every Wednesday or every Sunday night we're going to be preaching from the book of psalms, but we may. Uh, I'm not going to be going there this morning, but it is going to be a summer of celebration, and we're excited. The month of August is going to be a great month. Brother Mark Morgan is going to be with us, and Brother A. D. Spears, longtime uh, preacher of the gospel, looking forward to that, and a couple of others that we're hoping that can come and be with us. But I believe that whoever preaches, God's going to be here and do some miraculous things, because we have determined that this is going to be a summer. Of celebration. Amen. Some of us need to do that. We need to get our joy back. We need to get our shout back. We need to get our groove back. Yes. Amen. Some of us have forgotten how to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to take you in a moment to the book of Habakkuk. But before we do that. Let me just remind you that. Last Sunday I spoke to you about a new song for a new season and I felt very strongly impressed after the service to remind you of the word season. God is not giving us a song for the moment or for the Sunday but He's giving us a song for the season. For an extended period of time. And so we may rejoice more today than we did last Sunday. But every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday evening is going to be an opportunity for us to enlarge upon that song that God has given to us. Now, this is what the Lord spoke to me this week. Because I have heard people say... That I can't sing. And that's why. I don't sing. So here's what the Lord spoke to me. It's not about. Whether you can sing or not. It's about whether you have a song. You can have a song. And not be able to carry a tune. In a bucket. Even if you had the help. Of all the instruments with you. But doesn't have anything to do with your vocal abilities it has everything to do with your heart and your mind and your attitude and your soul that has determined i am going to sing a new song in this new season that god has brought us into and i i am very much aware today that some of you don't want to sing like being what you are you like being grumpy you like being sad you like being depressed I guess I don't know some of us just have the attitude preacher you're not going to make me do anything well I'm I got news for you today I'm not here to make anybody do anything what I would like to do is give you enough revelation from the word of God that it will inspire you it will challenge you if you don't believe me believe the word Amen. And I realize that some of you are not singing today because of life. Life is challenging to say the least for some of you right now. And you are struggling with those challenges. Some of you are wrestling with doubt. I've come to talk to you this morning. Some of you are wrestling with doubt. There are questions. And in your mind and in your way of thinking, there's no way you can sing a song of praise to God when you're questioning God, when you have doubts about God, when you have things that you can't get answers for, and you pray. Has anybody prayed and not gotten an answer? Yeah. And so because of that, many times we say that we have no song. But I've come with the word from the Lord today. And I do not say that lightly. The Lord spoke to me early this week. And I have good news for you. he is in his holy temple and when he abides in that place something is going to happen hallelujah turn with me to the book of Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 and 18 they're going to put it on the screen if you don't know where Habakkuk is if you start at Matthew and go to your left into the Old Testament you'll come to Malachi, Zechariah And you keep going about the fifth chapter, fifth book back, you'll run into Habakkuk. It's a very small book, uh, three chapters, and it's a unique book. Habakkuk is like the book of Jonah. Habakkuk and Jonah do not have a message or messages from God to the people, but it is the conversation, it was the life events that went on in Habakkuk life, the prophet, the minor prophet, but there's nothing minor about his message, and so they're going to put up before you today the passage from Habakkuk chapter 3, and I know you've heard it, and you've read it, and you've heard it preached from, but before you turn me off, would you Give ear to me for just a few moments. Do you have it? They don't have it up there yet. What's going on? All right, here we go. That's the wrong one. Chapter 3, verse 17. Verse 17. Amen. All right, there we go. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail. And the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foe. And there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Interesting word that he chose there. Jehovah speaking back to the creator God. I will rejoice in the God who creates, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Amen. Would you read that again? Let's go back to verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, and the labor of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. The literal translation of that last verse is, I will shout aloud, and I will dance about. One word is rendered spinning in circles with such exuberant joy that you're almost out of control. It'd be great if that were to happen to some of us today. You may be seated. To me, our text is one of the most magnificent portions of Scripture and utterances of faith that is recorded in Scripture or any other book of man. There is no equal to what it says, in my estimation. Though spoken in Old Testament times, it bears a message that it would do us well to learn today. It rises to an inspiring height. And when one reads it, you cannot help but wonder If you've ever read the book of Habakkuk or even if you haven't read the book of Habakkuk, the statements that he makes and the conclusion that he draws makes you wonder if he might be a nutcase. Has he lost his mind? Does he really know what he has just stated? Is he capable of doing what he has declared? And it is here in this passages of Scripture that we find a man who is not deluded in his thought nor is he whistling in the graveyard to keep his courage up because it's so dark around him. But he speaks a word of wisdom. He speaks a word of wisdom to a world about something he has discovered in the midst of his struggles. That in the midst of his trouble, he has been revealed or he has had revealed to him A revelation of understanding that changes everything. And when you read it, you realize that this singer is in possession of what I believe is one of the secrets of life. And it is one of the most powerful things that you can ever discover. I think everyone would agree that the words that we read are arresting to say the least. And when you listen to them and you read them, you are seized by the thought that in spite of everything, this man is stalwart and determined and resolute and unshakable and undeterred in his attitude. And he was facing down all of the things that in his life were trying to steal his joy or Frustrate his faith or even silence his song And what a song of praise it is that lifts up before the Lord What a shout of determination What a declaration of decision The grit, I love that word grit Because that's what it takes to make it I get so weary sometimes with people that whine and they cry about every little thing in life as if they are entitled to something, as if they are owed something. You know what I learned a long time ago? You're going to get somewhere in life because you have the grit to get there. You have the grit to get through some things. You have the determination that once you have looked around and gained a better understanding of your setting and your environment that you discover something that is unquenchable and unstoppable. And that it is in every one of you right now. What is most arresting to me in this Passage is the startling contrast in the conditions that are stated and the experience that the man claimed. He said it like this. The fig tree doesn't blossom. The fruit of the vine is not there. The labor is spent on the olives, but it is in vain. It produces nothing. The fields are barren, yielding no meat. The flocks of sheep are cut off and they cease to exist. And the cattle are nowhere to be found in the stalls. What a bleak picture. What a morose setting. And yet in spite of that, the singer is radiant and he is exultant in what he has discovered and notwithstanding all of these things that he has stated about what may happen and what could happen and what appears like it will happen, he has discovered something that has lifted him enough that he is able to see above and beyond all of that and realize something that changed everything about his life. Life is not going to steal my song. Life is not going to take my song. Life is not going to silence my song. Life is not going to prevent me from praising God no matter what happens around me. I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. What I need you to understand though is that these things mentioned were the background. They were not the foreground. And I think if there's anything I need to get across to you this morning is how important that understanding is. That his stating of the problem was not the focus of his attention. It was just to give depth And dynamic to what was about to be said. It wasn't as some of us, as myself, often do, that when we talk about our problems, we make them bigger than anything else in our life. And they are actually in the forefront of our life. But Habakkuk said those things, but he didn't say them in that they weren't in the front, they weren't the focus of his attention. They were just a consequence of the life that he was involved in. Can I tell some of you right now that many of the things that you and I deal with on a daily basis are just a consequence of living this human life. And they don't have to be the focus and the focal point of your attention and your energy. And your attitude doesn't need to be formed by those things that are in the background Your spirit needs to be determined by what's in the foreground. Some of you still hadn't got that. Although the fig tree, all of that's back there. That's not the main part of the picture. That's just the details and the coloring and the hues and the shades to give you understanding for the context of where he is right now and what he has come to the conclusion of. That it is not the spotlight of my life. This is not the scent. This is not what I want you to get hung up on. Because a lot of us are hung up on although. You haven't heard anything I've said yet because you're hung up on some although in your life. Something that's not right, something that's not working, something that didn't go right, something that didn't happen the way you planned it, and, and God didn't answer your prayer, God didn't hear you when you pray, or it seemed like He didn't hear you. God's not paying attention. God's not aware of what's going on around you. <coughs> and that's the focus of our ten- Although, you know what? I love to talk to people and encourage them, but I always have to find an exit when people say yeah but you're trying to encourage man you look so good yeah but this is not right that's not right this is and you 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 watch as people begin to digress and that becomes the center And the focus of their life. Amen. But for Habakkuk, it had moved. It At one point had been the focus of his life. It had been the center stage of his life. But something happened in chapter 1 and chapter 2 that shifted it from the, the, the front to the back. And it became secondary. It was incidental. It was just an understanding. This is the environment that I'm deciding this in. But this is not what I am. This is not who I am. And so he comes forth with what he is and he declares that I am a praiser and I am going to be a singer and I am going to have a song and I'm going to lift up my song to the Lord and I'm going to sing my song in spite of all of this background of of nonsense and craziness in my life I'm going to learn how to praise him in spite Of the storm going on around me. And with a background of such darkness and dread and fear and doubt and worry. Here stands a singer. I hope some more singers stand up today. Amen. I hope some more singers stand up today. But here is a singer who stands up and says... One word that changes the entire context of the whole passage. He said, yes, the fig tree is going to fail and the vine is not going to yield its fruit and there's not going to be a harvest in the field and the cattle are not going to be in the stall and the sheep are going to be lost on the hill. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will shout aloud unto the God. Of my salvation. He said in spite of it all. And in spite of what may not be right. I know what is right. And my God is what is right. And that is what is going to have the focus. That is what's going to be in the forefront of my life. That God is on the throne. And God is in his temple that passage is in chapter two the last verse god is in his temple Hallelujah! i'm going to tell you something i don't care who's in the white house god gave me a revelation a while back and i've been living on it every day he said listen to me son if herod sitting on a throne And if you don't know anything about Herod Go read about his life One of the most brutal, despicable Leaders the world has ever known More cruelty, more hatred More violence, but he said If a Herod on the throne Could not stop me from being born into the world And a Nero on the throne In Rome could not stop My church from growing Then I don't care who's in the White House And I don't care who sits in Congress I sit on the throne I rule the circles of the the earth and I am the one who will decide the end of all of this come on clap your hand to the Lord and give him praise right now I ain't even to my message yet but a man with a yet in his life is a terror to the devil and discouragement and despondency. You can't put a man like that down. You can't put a woman like I don't care what life heaps on them. I don't care what life throws at them. A man or a woman that has a yet in their life, that has a nevertheless in their soul, that said, hey, come on, hell. Come on, devil. I don't know what you've got planned. I don't know what you think you can do, but I'm not crawling backwards. I'm not turning backwards, and I'm not going to sit down because I know something. Amen. Amen. This is not the achievement of mere poetic imagination. And it's certainly not an exaggeration of an irrational mind. But this man has lived through some things that have taught him that there is something in you that's more powerful than anything That is against you. That there is something in you that is more powerful than anything that surrounds you. There is something in you that is more powerful than the doubts that trouble your mind. That there is something in you that is more powerful than the fear that tries to terrorize you by night and day. That there is something in you that cannot be stopped. It is unstoppable. And when you recognize what it is and you realize how powerful it is. It doesn't matter what the background of your life is. It doesn't matter what the surroundings of your family may be. That there is something inside of you that cannot be silenced. That it cannot be suppressed throw that verse back up there verse 17, 18 just throw 18 up there that's all I need this is the way the book ends yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation but here's what I want you to understand this book didn't begin that way. It didn't begin that way. It didn't start out on that high note, Oh, praise God. And what I learned this week from Habakkuk is that you are going to face some things in your journey to a song that you may not expect. And that's what I want to talk to you about for just a few moments. The path to your praise. The pathway to praise. And let me tell you where it started. It started with a man that was so full of doubt and fear and question that his honesty is almost too much. We can't hardly believe our ears when we first begin to read Habakkuk 1. They're going to put it up on the screen Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 4, and it will give you just a little taste of what Habakkuk was wrestling with. Not not what you would think, but he, this man of God, this prophet of God, this minor prophet, is exposing himself. He's exposing his soul. And when he looks around at his environment and he looks at what's happening to his people, he is confused and he is in doubt and he has fears and he has questions. Listen, this is the message translation. It said, The problem as God gave Habakkuk to see it. Now, what you have to understand is that the problem is not this next part. The problem was his response to this. He said, God, how long do I cry and you don't listen? How many times do I have to tell, how many times do I have to yell out to you, help, murder, police, Before you come to rest. Why do you force me to look at evil? Stare trouble in the face day after day. Anarchy and violence break out. Quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Does that sound familiar? Justice is a joke. And the wicked have the righteous hamstrung. And stand justice on its head. That's how Habakkuk started. And it doesn't get any better for a little while. And I started reading this passage. The Lord said, This is what I want you to tell my people today. Is that some of them feel like they cannot sing because they are wrestling with some doubt. In their life. More important, some of them feel like they cannot sing because they have questions about my work. They have questions about how I do my business. They have questions about how I operate. And the thing, one of the things that disturbed Habakkuk so much. Is that God revealed to him that he was going to use the Babylonians to chastise and bring judgment on God's people? And Habakkuk said, God, why would you allow a heathen nation like the Babylonians? They are so cruel and violent and evil. How could you do that? As bad as your people have been, they don't deserve that. And he's wrestling in his mind, he's troubled in his spirit. He doesn't know what to do. All he's got is all of these questions and fears. Do you know it's not wrong for you to have fears in your life? It's wrong when you let the fears have your life. It's not wrong for you to have a question in your life. As a matter of fact, if you look at Scripture, you'll find some people asking questions sometimes that really that, that shock. Because of all people, they wouldn't be questioning things. But God said, some of my people who have lived for me a long time, that have failed to understand how I work out my business in their life, have withdrawn from me because they have questions about my operation. It's not fair. Justice. Where's justice in all of this? Where's the right? God, I thought you were a God of righteousness. I thought you were a God of justice. I thought you were a God of truth and purity. And yet look at what's on the throne. Look at what you're allowing to come in. How could that be? How could you allow this nation of heathen people to come in here and destroy your people? How are you going to be glorified in that? So Habakkuk started with questions... And doubt and fear, three of the most troubling things to the child of God's life because we are made to believe that we're never supposed to doubt and we're never supposed to have fear and we're never supposed to question. And I've come to tell you that that's not true. God doesn't chastise me because I have questions. He doesn't shut me out because I have fears. He doesn't cut me off because I wrestle with some doubts in my life. Because at the present moment, I don't fully understand what all is happening. And I'm just looking with natural eyes. I can't see the conclusion of this. I can't see the sense in all of this. I don't understand how God could be glorified in all of this. This just doesn't make sense. And so when you read Habakkuk, I challenge you to go home and read that book this afternoon. Go through chapter 1. It's it's short. You can do it in 15 minutes. Read chapter 1 and listen to all... All the question and all the doubt that flows out of this man's heart. And he's the preacher. He's the prophet. He's he's wondering how God could do this. How is God operating like this? And how can God get glory out of this? And God has to stop him and say, Okay, Habakkuk, I'm listening. I heard you. But this is what I need you to understand. Chapter 1, he said, God said to Habakkuk, I'm going to do something that even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Now, I'm I'm not wanting to insult anybody's integrity or their intelligence this morning. But the reason some of us are hung up on some stuff right now is because in our own human way of thinking, it doesn't weigh out. It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. In our human way of thinking. And in our human way of looking at this thing in life. All that we can see is this, this is wrong. God, this, you, this is not right. And God said, Habakkuk, I am doing things right now that even if I told you, you wouldn't believe me because you're still thinking with the wrong mind. Listen to me. The reason that God does not always answer my prayer is not because He's not working. It's because he is working, but I couldn't grasp it even if he told me because the mindset is wrong until this mindset shifts, until I can get myself in the place to understand what he wants me to understand about this setting. And so this is the process. This is the path that he has to go through to get to praise. So don't be shocked if you're wrestling right now with some of the biggest doubts in your spiritual life. Don't be shocked today if you're wrestling with some of the most horrible, terrific fears in your life. Don't be shocked just because you have questions today. That you can't get answers from. And God's not seeming to talk to you like he used to. Don't be shocked. That's part of the path. That if you keep walking with him. He can get you to that place. Where you can lift your voice. And you can open your mouth. And you can sing your song. So you go into chapter 2 of Habakkuk. And this is what Habakkuk said. When he was at his wit's end, he said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to my watchtower and I'm going to wait to see. I like that. Sometimes you've got to get to a higher elevation before you're ever going to get a revelation. Oh, that wasn't even in my notes. God, God's trying to say something. To, I'm not being a smart aleck right now, but I'm just telling you. That as long as we're down here, everything's going to look as muddy and confusing and chaotic. It doesn't make sense. This is not right. They treated me wrong. They said that. They hurt me. They did this. The family's dysfunction. All, all these crazy things. I've got too. many I don't understand God. I don't know why God's not answering my prayer. I don't know why God's not hearing me. Why doesn't God open up the door and do what he said he's going to do? This is because we're on this level. And all Habakkuk could see while he was on this level was what you read in those first few verses. Violence and confusion and chaos and turmoil and his own questions were embarrassing him. He was a prophet and yet he had more questions than God's people. And so he said, hey, I'm not getting anywhere on this level. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up on the watchtower. Ah. Oh, it's amazing what happens when you get up a little place. You get in that elevated place. Listen to me today. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. That's the reason that prayer and praise are so vital in my life. Because those are the things that help elevate me and lift me up away from the mundane things of this world and give me a better perspective on life. So he goes up to the watchtower. And it was in the watchtower that God began to speak to him and gave him the revelation. Can you put up chapter 2, verse 4? I believe it's verse 4. I'll tell you if it didn't. Habakkuk chapter 2. Anybody have it? Some of you still have Bibles. That's good. Amen. Get your iPad out or something. This is God's response when Habakkuk finally gets out of all of that junk and gets to the watchtower where he's got a better view God speaks to him and says behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him that the proud the arrogant I am going to deal with him this is what you need to understand about life this It's what's going to help you deal with that previous element. That the just... Listen, he doesn't live by faith. He lives by his faith. You see, the secret that is unstoppable and the secret that is in every one of us this morning is the fact that faith operates in a realm and dimension that neutralizes all of the other garbage that might be going on in our life. And although the fig tree shall not blossom, and although the volume shall not be on the vine, and although the skull shall be empty and there's no sheep in the fold, and although the... The labor shall fail. He said, I found something. That there's a God who sits on the throne. And he's my God. He's the one I serve. He's the one I worship. And because I know that, I will shout aloud and I will dance about. I will joy in the God of myself. Some of you don't seem to understand the process that you've had to go through. Through pain and suffering and doubt and questions and fear and storms and struggles. And it has become almost too much because this is the level that I've been living on. And God's trying to get us to this level. It's been our theme all year, unspoken, but the prayer of this pastor that God would take us deeper. That does not just mean down, but it also reflects something that will lift us up closer, higher, more into His light. But when we get to this place, when we can get to a higher place, We can see things a little more clearly. And it was in the watchtower that God felt like he could finally say to Habakkuk what he could have said in chapter 1, but he wouldn't have understood it. He wouldn't have received it. Because at that moment, everything in Habakkuk's life was defined by what was happening around him and what was happening to him. And what was happening in him. And God said, come on, Abaka, You know where to go. And so he gets up. And when he gets up here, it's amazing. It's amazing. I wish some of you would come up here sometime and just stand here. It's amazing what you can see up here. Oh, It is. Sometimes, woo, it is yes. Sometimes I need to hurry back down here. But when you get up here, woo, man, you ever? You, you, some of you folks think that these people are just juiced up up here on Sunday morning because they're they're moving. No, that's what happens when you get to a higher place. That's what happens when you get above ground level and you understand where God wants you to live. The just shall live by their faith. They will live by their confidence in their God. Hey, it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what's not working. It doesn't matter that you might have a... That's just a path that I have to walk sometime to get to where I need to be. But I promise you, I'm going to keep walking until I get there because I don't want to die down here on this level. I want to keep walking that path until I can get to the place where I can see far enough to realize that God does have a plan and he is gonna do something. Come on, praise him right now. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Don't stop praising him just because you stand. Come on. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, I praise Him not because I'm good. I praise Him because He's good. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> hallelujah. I want to shout aloud and dance about. Why? Because I know my Redeemer liveth. I know the one who created all things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to stop living by your feelings and start living by your faith. Hallelujah. 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 That's just a path I got to walk to get where I want to go, where I need to go, where I need to be. Hallelujah. 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 Listen to me right now. The way through your doubt, it's not wrong for you to have a doubt but the way through your doubt doubt is never to be a dead end it should never be a dead end it should never be your living quarter but the way through doubt the just shall walk by their faith the just shall walk by their faith the just shall walk by their faith the The way to get through my fears that are real the way to get to a place of praise and worship in spite of what's happening around me. The just shall walk by their faith. Hey, I got a revelation for you. You know what's interesting about that word faith there? It can be translated faithfulness. I've got something, I got a revelation for you right now. Some of you are griping about God not being faithful. God's wanting to know about your faithfulness because you see it's not all about feeling if I told you how many times I've sat on the front row and wondered what in the world I was doing here God you're through with me I'm washed up I don't have any more to give I'm telling you I can't tell you how many times I've come in here and said God just kill me just take just get i'm i'm just a nuisance i just get on people's nerves i just make them mad i just aggravate them god just get me out of here if you can't use me then just kill me and i mean that i'm thankful i didn't stay there because i ain't ready to die yet i'm not ready to give up yet but that's the past sometimes you have. you got to keep walking. you got to be faithful. you got to keep walking. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what circumstances say. I have got something in my heart that cannot be killed and cannot die. And that's my faith in God. And here's the revelation. You ought to do a study sometimes on the names of God that are used in the Old Testament. Because the name reveals God's character. And when Habakkuk started talking about God, and he uses the term God or Lord, some of the times he speaks of him as Elohim, the Creator God. Some of you, you're going to get it here in a minute. Here's the point. That when you serve the Creator God, let the fig die let the olive fail let the herd dry up let the field yield nothing but he said I serve a God that's able to create everything anew in my life he can make it all over he can bring something to life where there's been no life that ought to make you want to shout Enjoy for joy when I think about what is there yes. for me I get Even done I'm when I think about what He's done for me. It's joy when I think about what, what, he's done done what He's done for me. What the